Hey, welcome back. Um, another episode of the Process Podcast. This week, um, not so happy, as you could probably tell by my voice. Um, Nick and I discussed the Bills-Colts game, as ugly as that was. Um, are you nervous yet? Are you scared? Are the Bills for real? I mean, there's a lot of questions to answer after this Bills-Colts game. And Nick and I try to answer them all for you this week. Where do the Bills go from here? Obviously, we know they go to New Orleans Thursday for Thanksgiving dinner and play a decent Saints team with a good running back. Can the Bills pull off a victory? New England's now number one in the AFC East. What does that mean for Buffalo? And what's the playoff picture going to look like for Buffalo at the end of this week? We answer all that and more here on the Process Podcast. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica, myself on Twitter at Chowit68. Follow Nick on Facebook if you don't already. Buy Nick Veronica, www.facebook.com slash buy Nick Veronica. And you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Um, follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple. Wherever you listen to your podcast, remember to like, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Leave us some comments. Let us know what you think. Um, we'd love to hear from you. But most importantly, remember to always trust. So, Nick, we're obviously here today to talk about WWE Survivor Series, correct? That's why we're doing a podcast tonight. Why? Did something else happen? I mean, the Sabres uh, had a pretty good game going. They were, uh, I think there was four goals or four goals aside. Each team scored two goals. Uh, within like a minute and 40 seconds. Um, okay. So Le- Le- still- LeBron James like caught someone with an elbow today. It was pretty bloody. Yeah. I, I think mean, that's LeBron all that James happened. In this, yeah. It's all that happened in the sports world today, right? The Titans lost to the Texans. That's a big game. Ooh, Tyrod, huh? Tyrod Taylor. I bet you, I bet you uh, Bray is sitting at home with his, uh, his Tyrod jersey right now. Bray, we like, love you. We love you. Bray was tweeting about this nonstop during the game. <laughs> Did anyone watch Tyrod Taylor? No, no one's watching Tyrod Taylor. I mean, we couldn't we, if we wanted to, but I I would have rather watched Tyrod Taylor as opposed to watching this crappy. See, I I am gonna say it, Nick. This bullshit Bills game. Okay. That's the only way to put it. This, this game was it, was it was bullshit. All right, well, um, t- t- tell me who are you most like angry? Like who was the bullshit? Like who are you most mad at? Honestly, I'm putting it on the coaching staff. And I'll tell you why. The four, the end of the ha- first half, Sean McDermott had terrible clock management. He had multiple timeouts left, waited to call a timeout till 22 seconds left. Um, you had an opportunity to get close for, you know, a closer field goal and just kind of dumb play calls. You know, I, I look at Brian Dable just continuing to not be aggressive enough. Um, then you get down into the, I believe it was the fourth quarter or third quarter, late in the third quarter. Fourth down, fourth and five. Instead of going for it, you're already down 17. They decide to try to kick a field goal from 40 yards out in crappy weather where your kicker already missed one in the crappy weather. Like, why? Why aren't you more aggressive? I You're, you're down by a lot. I, uh, you don't get it. You don't get it there. Like, big deal. At least you're showing some balls. This team, the Jaguars game was one thing, right? Like, the whole team, the defense at least played good the Jaguars game. So you had some positives there. Um, But you go back, and and, and I think this is the first game in a long time since the Saints game, the year they broke the drought. 
right? That's the one game that keeps jump that always jumps out to me. Since the Saints game the year they broke the drought, where you can say no one on the team played good. Like the entire team just played bad. And now it's really on to see how the entire team bounces back, right? Like after the Jags game, Josh Allen had a good game against the Jets, right? The defense had a good game last week against the Jets. Now now what? You don't have an easy opponent against the Saints. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're 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 kind of in the same boat as Buffalo. Like, no one knows really what their identity is. Not that the Saints were considered a Super Bowl team at the beginning of the year, but you know, they start out fairly strong. Now they're on their backup quarterback, Trevor Simeon, who's not, you know, not great, but they still have Alvin Kamara, who's currently hurt. Maybe he's back there, and maybe he's not. For Buffalo's sake, they better hope he's not. Um, this goes back to what we said last week. It, it, maybe even what I said. Jonathan Taylor is a, a tough back to bring down, and he showed that today. And and I said he's a tougher back to bring down than uh, um, than Derrick Henry, and he looked the part today. This defense could not stop Jonathan Taylor for anything. I don't. I can't. I can't tell you in my head when you said who played well. I wanted to say Stephon Diggs because he had two touchdowns. He only had four catches in the whole game on six targets, twenty-three yards. Like, don't all right, me. well, who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I see it in your face. All right, who? Who else played well today? Knox had eighty yards, couple of drops. Josh Allen did not play well. Matt Breida seemed to do all right. Only had five Matt rushes. Had five five rushes for fifty-one yards. He had ten point two yards a rush. Do you know how much real real quick? Do you know how many carries the entire running backs had in a crappy weather game on top of it, where there's no reason for your quarterback to drop back and throw the ball 35 times in rain and wind like what they had today in Buffalo? They ran the ball eleven times with running backs. Two times with Josh Allen, eleven times with running backs. Why are your backs only I I don't know what the hell is going through Brian Dable's head. Stop trying to force Josh Allen to win you every single game. Yes, I understand you're paying the guy a quarter of a billion dollars. But let me ask you this. Does Aaron Rodgers do it on his own? No. He has a running back that they're able to, a running game they're able to rely on. Did Tom Brady have to do it on his own last year? No, they had a pretty solid running, two couple solid running backs that they were able to rely on in Tampa. In my opinion, there's no reason why Matt Breida should not be RB1 right now. Yeah, the, the only thing, thing about handoffs, the Bills got down so fast. It was like they are playing catch-up the entire game. Right. I, I get that. I understand that. But you also have, you know, Matt Breida was running the ball well. Like, continue to feed him the ball. Why are you even bothering... Zach Moss at one point ran the ball into his guy's own ass. <laughs> I mean, it was almost luckily he didn't fumble, or else it was going to be butt fumble 2.0. But it I think was, I tweeted yeah. a few times. I'm I'm done with Zach Moss. I I've seen enough of Zach Moss at this point. To me, there's no reason why Zach Moss needs to get on the field for doing anything other than run blocking. Don't hand him the ball. Don't throw him the ball because he can't catch the ball either. You should be going with Breida and Singletary. That should be your one and two right now. And sprinkle in some Josh Allen if you want to. Singletary looked good. Singletary looked good today. He caught the ball well. He had a good run to start the game. But, I mean, you, you go back, Nick, to who played well. I don't even know who to say. Everyone played well. 
Not even Tyler Bass, 0 for 2 on field goals? Uh, No. No. Killed my fantasy team. No, haven't had good punting pretty much all season. I mean, the offensive line. They didn't have to punt much because they kept turning the ball over. Yeah, offensive line didn't didn't do great. It seemed like they they play called enough. You know, they helped out the line knowing that the line wasn't going to be great with, with the backups in there. I mean, uh, I can't I can't really tell you. Are we? Let me ask you this question: Anyone on the defensive side of the ball that you could even say played well? I mean, obviously we know the offense was not good, but I, I mean the defense wasn't much better. But uh, I mean they had no sacks and no turnovers, so nothing that's really jumping out. I mean, did you think Matt Milano played well? I mean, I noticed them here and there, but I, I wasn't watching them, you know. Strictly the entire game. He played. I mean, okay. I, I mean, you know, Poyer, okay. Um, you know, I don't think Matt Milano played to uh, Pro Bowl Matt Milano style. Like, I, I think he's had a pretty decent year. Not maybe not quite Pro Bowl year, but close to it. Um, AJ Klein was disappointing. I thought. You know, after having a big game last week, yeah, I think, yeah, big game last you know, week. This this week, you were you were looking is, is Tremaine back yet? Is Edmonds coming yeah. back? And he was not. And 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 that and some people can say that that was a big a big hit. And I want to get into you know the other injuries later, um, but I I don't know if having Tremaine Edmonds in today would have helped them at all against this running game, because I I, I was texting. Tremaine some people, couldn't have got much worse. No, but I was texting some people today. I'm like. They're they're too worried about the pass for some reason. They seem to be playing against the pass. And look, I, I'll admit right now, I'm not a scheme guy. I don't know what you know from watching the TV. Unless I'm watching the All 22 in you know a couple of days, I don't know what I'm you know seeing just looking at the TV. I need to slow it down and see. Okay, are they cover two, cover one, cover zero? What are they doing right? But to me, what I saw on the TV, it seemed like they were trying to play the pass. And I said to someone. Carson Wentz is not going to beat you. Jonathan Taylor is going to beat you. Worry about him. Whatever you do, I don't care if you bite on every play action pass because you're worried about Jonathan Taylor. Worry about Jonathan Taylor. He's the threat. And what happened? Jonathan Taylor beat this team single handedly. Single handedly. Yeah. Carson Wentz did not do anything tremendously impressive today. He, he looked. He, a few times there was there was significant pressure in the pocket and he hung in there and made it made it on target throw and that was like I don't know a handful of nice plays in the game like they didn't stretch the field they didn't threaten deep I don't know if he mm-hmm. didn't if he couldn't throw through the, the weather I don't know what it was like he was not a threat you can cheat your safeties up you can you know add you know add an extra linebacker whatever you got to do on the field they were not really a passing threat today. No, they definitely were not. I mean, I think uh, he had – Carson Wentz had 11 for 20 for 106 yards. Yeah, not, not you know, great. Chad DeDominics, um said something about like, oh, are we ready to blame the quarterback? And he was talking about – obviously talking about Josh Allen. And I'm like, first of all, Josh Allen's had zero time back there. Did I think he played great? No. But am I putting all the blame on him for, for the, the, the terrible passing game today? Also no. No, I mean, he – didn't play great. Didn't play great. 21 to 35, 209 yards, two interceptions against a bad pass defense that didn't have its both of its starting safeties. 
That's not real good. But let's talk about that offensive line. Mm-hmm. There was times he dropped back in the pocket and he finishes his drop back. He has a guy in his face right away. Yeah. And yep. you, you could definitely tell he did not trust the offensive line. No, but to his credit, they did seem to like at least plan for that already. He had a check down, had a hot read, kind of mm-hmm. like in his back pocket, ready to go. And let like uh, not last week, two weeks ago, when, when Spencer Brown was out with the back injury, he was expecting it to be like normal and it wasn't and it was very flustered at this time it was still not good but he seemed to like be a little more prepared for it which maybe to the bill's credit that was something that they realized this week right i think so i I think that's a good point um but you know i i go back and yes not having spencer brown i think was a big hit you know it's funny to say that not having a rookie defensive or offensive tackle you know is a big deal but when he's six foot nine you know in a giant yeah, you know, he moves a lot better at his height and weight than what Daryl Williams is moving. And Cody Ford, I'm so tired of him. So tired of Cody Ford. And and and, and on top of it, Deion Dawkins, who looks like he still hasn't recovered from his COVID stuff, you know, um, can we get into that real quick? Or do we want to talk? More football, more of the game first. Uh, uh, yeah, let's stay football for a little bit okay. here. So, Charlie, okay. my, my question for you here. This was the worst loss of the Sean McDermott era since the last worst <laughs> loss of the Sean McDermott era, like two weeks ago. This one's worse. Okay, well, let's, let worse. me let me ask you. The Bills, in my estimation, have one good win this year against Kansas City. By the way, they've beaten one team this year that had a winning record at the time of the game. Do you know who it was? No. Do you have a guess? Uh, so they, they've already played this team. The team the, Of the teams they beat this year, one of them had a winning record at the time of the game. Uh, is that the Kansas City Chiefs? Nope, it is the Miami Dolphins who are 1-0 in week two, wow. all right? Every other team the Bills beat was kind of a joke. So I'm giving them one good win against Kansas City and really three bad losses. The first week against Pittsburgh, given given the directions they were going, seemed like a pretty bad loss. Tennessee, I'm not going to call that one a bad loss. Jacksonville, horrible loss. Today, the Colts are like maybe a contender, but like getting, getting your ass kicked. That's a bad loss too. Three bad losses, one good win. Maybe may, I mean, if you're gonna, you know, maybe you could say having a shutout earlier in the year was good too. Like, anyway, Charlie, my question for you: Are the Bills in trouble? You know, it's hard to say, right? Because and I'm going to bring up New England right now because I feel like this is kind of where this is going, right? New England has also had some pretty bad losses this year. You know, people want to say, "Oh, well, look at what New England's doing." New England does not really have that quality win, right? They snuck by a bad Texas team. They lost to a decent Cowboys team in overtime. Sure, the Chargers win. You could say that was a good win. The Patriots or the the, the Browns win. Sure, okay, sure. Why not? I, I mean, the Browns didn't have their starting um, uh, running back in in Nick Chubb. Much different game at that point. Um, I mean, they lost to the Dolphins week one. They've lost to the Saints. Uh, they lost to the Cowboys. The Panthers win, not a great win at the time. Maybe now with the Panthers with Cam Newton's a totally different story. I think that team looks a lot better. 
and they're a very good defensive team. Um, but I'm not too worried. I mean, if you look at the Patriots remaining schedule versus the Bills remaining schedule at this point, the Patriots have the Titans, the Bills, uh, the Colts, the Bills again, the Jaguars, and the Dolphins. Jacksonville looks a little bit better than what I think everyone thought they were going to be, and I think they're starting to finally get things together. Trevor Lawrence has looked a little bit better. Um, my one knock on Trevor Lawrence is he doesn't seem to be able to finish a game. You know, if, it's, if he has the ball in the final two minutes being down, he hasn't been able to lead that big uh, final drive comeback yet, but maybe that'll come later in the year. You know, every rookie has its moments. Um, you know, Miami's Miami. They're hot and cold. They got a decent win today against the Jets where they almost lost. Um, a decent win today against the Jets? Come on. Hey, hey. I mean, they're, they're both teams who are really going nowhere, who are fighting for a top 10 draft pick at this point. Um, you know, the, the, the Titans are the Titans again. They're, they're a team that lost a bad game today against the, um, against the Houston Texans. Um, but who knows what, what Titans team is going to show up? You know, the Titans are a hot and cold team as well. I'm not scared because the AFC right now is so wide open, right? You saw what happened to Pittsburgh last week, right? You saw what happened to, um, you know, Baltimore almost lost this week. Baltimore pulled one out. But look at Baltimore from two weeks ago. Lost a game to a bad Miami team. You know, it seems like every week there's a num- number of surprises. I think the big thing right now that upsets me, that kind of worries me, is today everything fell into Buffalo's lap, right? Tennessee lost. Buffalo wins. You're talking about first place in the division at that point. Maybe yeah, I, think, Bal- I think Baltimore. Ba- Baltimore was so close to losing. Mm-hmm. Baltimore snuck one out. Um but I, I, I mean, at what point do you say I'm not scared? Yeah, I'm scared. I'm, 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 I'm nervous. Um, but do I think that New England's as good as you know as much of a threat as everyone's saying? We'll find out in two weeks. That game in two weeks is going to be the biggest game on the schedule, especially if Buffalo and and New England both win next week. Yeah, the, I mean. I'm amazed. The Patriots, the Patriots' last three games, they have outscored teams ninety-four to thirteen. The Patriots yeah, are looking, I mean, looking like like the, the Patriots the, team. Yeah, those two games against the Bills are going to be huge. But, but consider the team they played this week, right? They played a bad Atlanta Falcons team, mm-hmm. who's who's court all three quarterbacks threw an interception in that game. <laughs> they played three different quarterbacks. They all threw an interception. What a stat, right? So. First time that happened, by the way, since 2000. Um, I, th- I was hoping it was the first team because I was really trying to troll all my Falcons friends after the Bills game today. Um, but, I, I mean, New England, the one thing with New England is they don't have that dominant running game like what the teams that have beaten Buffalo have had outside of Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville was just a fluke game, and, you know, they had a better plan, and they looked better prepared than Buffalo did in that game. Um, but Tennessee – they beat Buffalo because they had a strong, aggressive running game. Today, you saw Indy just run all over Buffalo with a strong, aggressive running game. Even Pittsburgh, Najee Harris is a strong, aggressive runner. You know, the game that worries me more than anything is the Carolina game and having to play um, Christian McCaffrey if he's healthy by that. You know, who knows? He might get hurt, pull a hamstring again for the 12th time in his career between now and then. But you know, I, I yes, Nick. I I Cam Newton's back. That's another thing. Then you got to worry about Cam Newton. I'm not. They, they've. I will say this coach staff has planned pretty good for Cam Newton the last couple of years. Not too too. 
Not worried about Newton. I'm more worried about McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey can make any quarterback look good. All right, so that except, was a very, a very long way of not answering the question. So maybe Sean McDermott could take some pointers from you. Uh, <laughs> are the Bills in trouble? Yes, yes, they okay. they are in okay. trouble. They are in trouble, Nick. Yes. The, and 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 the reason why is there's there looks to be more things to fix than what we thought. Okay, that that is a good point right there because I was trying to think that. I mean, I suppose you get blown out. Obviously, nothing worked. Like, where, where do you even where do you start? You say, "Hey, offense!" Like, you're just kind of poking it with the stick. Like, "Hey, do something!" Like, why can't you pass anymore? It's it can't be because John Brown's not on the team this year. What's going on? Is is it really the line? Are they that bad? Do people not have to respect the run? Have they figured out Josh Allen? Does he need to take more checkdowns? Like, what's going on? I think like, at like, times because so much of the game is put into Josh Allen's hands. Right, and, and when I say so much of the game, it's not just the passing game. There's no running game to help him, you know, to take some pressure off of him. Right, so I think a lot of what you're seeing right now is so much more pressure on Josh Allen to go and try to be that hero at times. That he's just doing, you know. I, I think today was a lot more hero ball, but again, I think a lot more of that was because he was not comfortable with the offensive line. And, and it showed. But at the same time, and I brought this up before, Nick, last year they did a lot of rollouts, and that's where Josh Allen looked comfortable, was rolling out of the pocket. This year, it seems like Dable, if he's not forcing him to run on design runs, they want Josh Allen to stay in the pocket and try to be a pocket passer. That's not his strength. His strength is to roll out and have his guys follow him and get open crossing the field. That's where Josh Allen is good. Let him keep doing that until that doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a sign of that not working all season. I mean, today was was just frustrating. Like it, it was wet, but it wasn't raining that hard. And and your Brian Dable some of the time is is playing with Josh Allen almost like he's like he's a high school quarterback and not not an NFL MVP out here. There, I could not believe in the first half he got second and one. What does everyone say on second and one? Hey, it's a great time for a deep shot. And and what did they do? They did a design quarterback bootleg on a run mm-hmm. like that. Like mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, mm-hmm. basically a free play here and you decide to expose your quarterback to a hit. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie, I can't listen. I, I got like, you know, we're, we're trying to talk about what, what do the bills need to fix? Like I got so many things here. Like I can't, I don't know where to start. You at the open of the show called out the coaching can we can we talk about how amazing it is that the Bills seem to have like the worst time penalties every single week? You get penalties <laughs> knocking you out of field goal range. You get the one time today it was third down, uh, good pressure, forced it or no? Was that the, the Oliver sack baby? Mm-hmm. Not one, two penalties on the play, both of which would have been an automatic first down mm-hmm. after getting off the field on third down. It's like every mm-hmm. single week, just ridiculous penalties. The Bills got knocked out of field goal range in the first half. They had second and short penalty on a lineman who was away from the plane of attack, false start. And then right after that, another penalty on uh, what was it? What was the second penalty there? Might've been holding. Yep. That, that yeah. is the whole second penalty. Yeah. Okay. Guess what? Now it's instead of, you know, being in field goal range and pushing for a touchdown, it's uh, what was it? Third. That was the third and 18. Allen tried to throw the deep interception. 
And I mean, they were probably going to punt there anyway. But can I, can I ask you real quick on that interception? Um, was that a now? Now you saw the same. You're talking about the first interception, correct? Yes. That to me looked like there should have been a defensive pass interference call. When they showed the camera from the other way, yeah, yeah, you're talking. It looked the... like Gabe Davis was trying to come back, and he was held around the neck, couldn't even get back to the ball. Yeah, the yeah, the, the corner kind of turned, and the safety kind of came up and made the play. Right? Am I remembering mm-hmm. that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, yes. Uh, in real time, it, it did look normal on the replay. I saw that when they slowed it down. I don't know. I mean, re- realistically, I thought... I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not putting the game on the officials. I know some radio stations out there trying to say who's worse, <laughs> the, the the Bills or the officials. The officials weren't to blame today. I do think that they missed a lot of obvious calls, but... Um, uh, this was not like a referee's... We're not, no, no one's mad no. at the ref. This wasn't the Jacksonville game. Yeah, if you're still mad at the refs, you got, you're, you're a little misplaced there. All right, so that, like, just every week, constant penalties, very frustrating to me. And what happened to the aggressiveness? Last year, the Bills did everything aggressive on offense, going for it at the right time, not punting, pushing the envelope. And guess what? They won 13 games last year, and it's not a coincidence that they were aggressive and won 13 games. Those go together. The Bills going so soft. Kicking a, a field goal, or yeah, they kicked a field goal. Was it fourth and five from like the thirty-one when they were down a bunch? Like, wh- what? Do you, what? What happened? Where's the confidence? Where's the we're going to shove it down your throat no matter what? That is just so sad to see this year. That has been a continued theme. You know, I just saw a great um, line here from Jason Wolf. And he says the Buffalo Bills are undisciplined. They keep getting pushed around, and they might be delusional. Well, I don't think I don't think he's wrong. I don't think it's yeah. it's the wrong. Um, you know, I I mean this time this team has spent a lot of time saying, "Oh, the Steelers lost. It's a wake up call. Oh, we took bad penalties in this loss. You know, it's a wake up call. We got we'll be better next week." Oh, the Jacksonville game. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't play good at, you know, I got to spend time. I got to look in the mirror and blah, 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 blah. Uh, then what the hell was today? Because if those other three losses were wake-up games, what the hell was today? This is beyond a wake-up game at this point. Yes. You should have been woken have missed, up at this point. Yes, they have missed the alarm. They have overslept. <laughs> it was too late. I like it. Yes. Yes. You know, the school, the bus has left. Like, they're walking to school at this point, right? <laughs> Like, what – this does not look like the same team that played in an AFC Championship game last year in any in any capacity. They're not aggressive. I feel like I'm talking hockey. They're not an aggressive team. They seem to have no emotion at all outside of maybe Josh Allen at times, but there, there's something missing on this team all of a sudden this year, and I, I, I can't put my finger on it right now. Well, Charlie, it's time we, we get into it here. It is not not a coincidence that the Buffalo Bills got crushed in the ground game while their best run-stopping defensive tackle missed the game because he was unvaccinated after sitting out last season due, due to COVID concerns. Starla Tulay was not available in a game. They gave up five touchdowns to one player for the first time in franchise history. Their right tackle... 
probably wouldn't have been able to play today if he was vaccinated. But he's probably going to miss the, Thursday, too. Yeah, go ahead. Sean was asked about this today. I don't know if you caught that. I did. you have his quote up? I can bring it up. Uh, so I don't have it word for word, but I, I, I kind of remember what he said. Um, someone asked him, like, you know, how does not having, you know, Starla Tule and Spencer Brown, you know, because they're unvaccinated, you know, what does that, that mean for the team? And he said, I can't talk about those two guys and their decisions. I can only talk about the guys that played today. Yeah, I got a quote here from ESPN. He said, respect those guys' decisions, and I want to talk about the guys that were here. Sean McDermott's never going to, you know, call call somebody out in a press conference. But, that, I mean, that's basically kind of Sean McDermott speak for I'm pretty upset with them. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, you go back to what you said about Star, right? Star set out because he didn't want to – he was scared of COVID. Now there's this vaccine available. Um and he doesn't get the vaccine. And then not even that. Let's talk about Deion Dawkins on the other side, right? We're talking offensive line. Deion Dawkins got COVID so bad that he was in the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And because he decided to wait too long to get his vaccine. Yep. If he's yep. vaccinated, he may not be in the shape that he's in. Yep. He looks terrible. And that's your he, franchise but he's, left tackle. But And yet there are so many worse linemen that like – like, like, like you, you, you only have to be not the worst guys. It's like you know, how how fast you have to be to run away from a bear. Only faster than the slowest guy, because that's who's going to get eaten, and you're going to get away. Like, doc, if someone else gets to the quarterback first, like it, it appears that you might have done your job. Yeah, so, I mean, he's. It's, it's funny. I mean, I I don't know who's worse at this point, him or Daryl Williams, because they're both equally as aggravating. I, Williams, I don't think is as bad at guard. No, Williams inside is good. Cody Ford can't really do either well, but at least he's like less vulnerable at guard. Mitch Morris is halfway decent. You know, I don't think he's been bad as a center. I mean, yeah, Mitch Morris has been doing, and he's like up and down. But he can only be as as good as the guys around him. I don't know what yeah. else to what else to say about these. The, I mean, when you – yeah. Remember a couple of weeks ago I asked you, like, what uh, – you know, if the draft was today, like, what your positions of need would be. And we were talking, you know, oh, second corner, ooh, you know, something, you know, a little, little more flashy. And then the game like today, you're like, I don't know. They, they really need offensive line and defensive line. Like, they need a tackle. And they need maybe two offensive linemen. Like, I, I don't know. They got enough. They got enough Ed Oliver kind of fat, um, Greg Rousseau, you know, speed guys that they need. They need somebody who can anchor and maybe pressure the quarterback a little bit too. Yeah. And then you're yeah. you're you're trying to find some more linemen probably in the in the mid rounds. They need something. I don't know if offensive line. I don't know if you even go and draft an offensive lineman at this point. Why not? Because I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I'm, okay. Let me take that back. Yes, you do. But I don't know if you go and plug him in to start. I would rather go and try to find good veterans that can come in and play right away. Okay, that's fair. You know, that have experience in the league, that are already – you don't have to wait for guys to develop. You know, I think Spencer Brown is the one case where, sure, you know, you didn't have to wait for him to develop. You had that big guy, uh, Penny Sewell, right? He was a guy 
in Detroit this year that didn't get off to a good start. I think he's playing a little bit better now. I haven't really watched too much Detroit Lions football. <laughs> uh, you know, sorry, sorry, Joe Yerden. Uh, but he, I remember when the season started, there's a lot of talk about like, man, this guy was supposed to be like one of the, the number one pick in the draft and he just hasn't looked good and what the heck is wrong with him and so on and so forth. You're not hearing too much about that anymore. So I don't want to have to wait for my guys to develop. I want to be able to have an offensive lineman that I could plug in. Plug in that's, right that's true. You are in the window right now. That's a good so point. Here, here's my other thing about the window. And and I know you're a window guy, right? Well, I mean, the, the, the bills kind of need to be because they, they're not going to spend like the New York Yankees. Like that's not how it's set up. Like you need to right. take your window when you got it. I think the window is a thing, right? And I think, yes, they are in that window. But at the same time, the Patriots didn't have a win, you know, had a window for 15 years. Pretty much all of my 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 life in school, right? Like from I felt like from fifth grade till 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 I graduated almost graduated college. Like it was the Patriots were so dominant all, all the time. Right? They were always dominant. So yeah, you could say there's a window, sure. You got to pay. Yeah, down. I mean, I, th- I mean, th- their teams were not always complete. It was Tom Brady making a lot of a lot of issues kind of go away because he still ended up winning the game. Now, I I think this needs to be said because there's a lot of people out there that want to say like, oh, if you don't think this team's good, then you're a fake fan. Look, there's a difference between being a fake fan and a bandwagon fan. Like all of a sudden, all these Patriots fans who were Bucks fans last year and swore that the Bucks were their favorite team forever are all of a sudden now Patriots fans again, um, which I find pretty interesting how, you know, now they all want to come out of the woodwork. But being an honest fan doesn't make you a fake fan. And I think you and I are being fairly honest about what this team is and where they're going. Right? Because yeah. this team does not have an identity. Josh Allen in this offense does not have any kind of identity. You know? That's very great point. Did you see his quote after the game? No, I did not. All right, Josh Allen said, I have a lot of trust and faith in this team. How we played today is not who we are. I mean, you, you just said it. They don't really have an identity. So kind of what we saw today, that, that pretty much is who the Bills are right now. Their identity is being wishy-washy. Their identity is having one good win and having a couple of bad losses the teams they have no business losing to and getting blown out by a team like the Colts, who's you know 500 and maybe not going to even make the playoffs. Like right now, the Bills are the sixth seed in the AFC or the seventh seed, depending on on how the Chargers go tonight. Thank God there's eight seeds. Uh, there's seven seeds in the playoffs. Sorry, seven. I thought there's eight <laughs> now. I thought they expanded to eight. Oh no, yeah, that's right, four. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Only only one only one team gets a bye. Like that's that right. that's who they are. That's your identity. If you want it to be something else, you gotta go out there and change it. Because right now they're just a wishy washy team. They're not aggressive. They take bad penalties and. They can't outscore people at will like last year. It's not clicking yet. That's kind of what they are. You're not wrong. I mean, you know, I, I go back though, Nick. I look at I, – I, I, and I don't want to compare them to the Bucks of last year, but they're very similar to the Bucks of last year. You know, Right, and, and, I, and they, I do need, need to say we are, like, acting a little bit alarmist here. Like, no team – 
cruises through a season every single game. Like there's always ups and downs. There's always adversity and you're trying to peak at the right time. But yeah. the, you also need to make it easier for yourself. Win your damn division, get a home game, get the number one seed. The Bills had such an easy schedule. They have no excuse. We've said it multiple times. They have no excuse to not get the first round by. And they're really just, just pissing that part away. So they're making it much more difficult on themselves. It's a um, it's not going to be easy at this point, right? Like, it's an uphill battle. I think – I still think that the AFC is super close. Is there one team, Nick, in the league that you feel is just, like, so dominant week in, week out, like like what the Chiefs were last year? No, I mean, which is helpful. Like, they are just – they're just too good. Uh, no, but I think we've seen a few times now, if you have a dominant running game and a respectable enough pass game, you can kind of have your way with the Bills defense. Mm -hmm. So a team like Tennessee, like you just saw Indy today, uh, guess what New England's going to try to do when they come in here? It's going to be, we think we, you know, we think we're tougher than they are. We think we can beat them up and that's what you're going to see. And the Bills have not stood up to that. So I don't, I'm not saying that there's a dominant team out there, but there seems to be teams that may have dominant aspects that are, are big mismatches for the Bills. And they're really going to have to, it seems like they're going to have to play outscore the opponent and hope passing offense uh, is more efficient than rushing offense. I also thought it was interesting that they did a players only meeting. Oh, I heard, yeah, I read a little bit about that. Do you, if you had that in front of you, share that. Um, so I, I don't have it in front of me right now. I will pull it up though. What the hell are you having a players only meeting about and then coming out and laying a goose egg like that? Maybe uh some players said, guys, it's really important to get vaccinated. <laughs> we know that didn't happen. No, that uh I, I mean seriously, like what what are you having a players only meeting about at this point? Because well hopefully they have enough guys to talk about. It's probably hopefully it's Jerry Hughes saying, guys, have some pride. We just lost to Jacksonville two weeks ago. We beat up on a bunch of the clown teams and we can't beat anybody real. What are we doing? We have one good win. That's what no, I'd be they, saying. They, if I was a veteran in that locker room, have some pride. What are we doing? We're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. We can't even can't even be hang with the Colts for the a half. I'm I'm just kind of at a loss of words at this point about this team because you don't again we don't know what they are. Where yeah. where does this team go from here, Nick? You gotta. Um, I can I can tell you very literally. Uh, they're going to New Orleans on Thursday. It's a quick turnaround, and that might be good for them because guess what? The Saints are not real good right now either. They lost today to the Eagles. They got. They gave up 40 points to the Eagles, all right? The Bills are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road on Thanksgiving night, probably playing against Trevor Simeon, maybe Elvin Kamara if he's back from injury. Does Elvin, Kamara, have... playing, does Elvin Kamara playing change your thoughts on that game? Yeah. The, the, the Bills, I mean, the Bills He's a different running back, though, than a Derrick Henry. And a, and he a is, but he's, but he's shifty and he's dangerous in the passing game. So I don't know if Tremaine Evans can play yet. I don't know what, like. Kamara is dangerous, and you would think maybe Carson Wentz are like you know still a little bit afraid of 
If it's and you're Travis running with no Spencer Brown again. Yep, that is almost certainly going to be true. I'm thinking like you really don't need to respect Trevor Simeon's arm like that much. Like you can kind of sell out to stop Kamara, and hopefully that that is is you know rectified by next week. So if he's out, I th- I like the Bills in that game still still like I'm still. If Kamara plays, I mean you're looking. This game is going to be a lot more difficult than than it should be, I think. But and don't forget listen, the uh, the Saints also have Mark Ingram. That's true. They just made a reunion. A lot more similar to what they faced today in a Jonathan Taylor. Not saying that they're you know I won't put them on the same spectrum, but size wise, strength wise, they're very similar running backs, right? They they're 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 tough, hard runners. Yeah, I I don't know that their line is is as good as the Colts line, but they're the Saints are a well coached team. Sean Payton knows what his guys are doing. I mean, if you're the Saints and you saw what happened today with the Bills, are you just gonna say, look, I mean, today Mark Ingram had 16 carries. Are you gonna come out and just say, hey, run the ball 50 times? And uh, just why why would that not be your strategy after seeing today's game? I. Today's game was just an absolute – it was a joke. It was embarrassing is the best way to put it. It was embarrassing. Sean McDermott yes. got embarrassed. He got not even outcoached. You can't even say he got outcoached. He got embarrassed. And I think I texted you. At one point, do you look at what is going on with um, this offense and having – Nothing going on in the first half in multiple games. To, yeah, they used you know, they used to be you know they were known for. It. They were gonna come out and and you they know, can't do anything in the first half against the yeah. Jets. They couldn't do anything in the first half against, against the Jaguars or Miami. They didn't do anything in the first half today. At what point does someone say, "Look, we're taking play calling duties away from Brian Dable"? Because this is a guy who's supposed to be the hottest head coaching candidate out there. If I'm a team that needs a head coach, I'm not calling Brian Dable with the way this Bills offense is playing. Hmm. Because I have an MVP quarterback, MVP caliber quarterback playing for me, and my offensive coordinator, like you said, is using him like a high school quarterback. I got to tell you, the MVP odds this week still had Josh Allen as like the top, you know, one of the top guys, if not the top guy. I'm not, I'm not seeing it right now. But who because, so let me ask you that, let me ask you that question too. Who becomes that top guy this week? Maybe Brady? But Lamar Maybe. didn't play. Lamar no, didn't play. Or, or do you really seriously start talking about Jonathan Taylor being that number one guy? That's, I mean, I, running back being the top, being MVP is going to be contentious. But um, I, if, if Kyler Murray gets back soon and is it starts lighting it up again, he's got to be on there. And you're, I mean, I'm just getting tired. I, I I can't bring myself to say it should be Brady. I think, but maybe yeah. I'm okay with it. He doesn't play for the Patriots anymore. It's not really negotiable. Anyway. <laughs> okay, but I, I, I'll, it needs to be said that all of a sudden Josh Allen doesn't look like um an MVP caliber quarterback. But, but how much of that is Josh Allen? How much of that is how much of that is Brian Dable and play calling and this coaching staff? I I, 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 don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have an answer for you. We said this. How we much of it is, is the offensive line? I mean, I don't know. When you have an MVP caliber quarterback, why can't you get him to play like 
an MVP caliber quarterback. It's not, I don't think it's because he's regressed. You know, I, I don't no, think so. I, mean, I think I think defenses are a little bit more ready for him, and it seems like they are not blitzing him as much. He was, he was torching people against the blitz last year. I think the way the Bills offense, the Lions playing, they, they know they can get pressure with four. Well, if you look at the four losses, right, Nick? Like, you look at the Steelers' loss. Who is the right tackle? Uh, in week one? Yeah. Uh, was that Ford? The right tackle was Daryl Williams. Okay. Titans game. Titans game. Titans game I kind of give a pass to, right? Because that game came down to one one play, and it was a bad play call, in my opinion, right? The defense didn't and the, really the, play. Yeah, the offense did play better in that game. Offense played well that game, right? So, so that one, sure. You know, I, I believe that was a Spencer Brown game, though, right? The Jaguars uh, we can, game. We can probably look this up. The Jaguars game was a uh, Daryl Williams game at right tackle. Cody Ford game at right guard, right? Cody Ford also started the season at right guard, if I'm not mistaken. So, All right, yeah, I got week, week one against Pittsburgh. Cody Ford, right guard. Williams, right tackle. Okay. Steelers game. Or, I'm sorry, the, the, the Titans game? Titans game. The offense did play good against the Titans, but they did. We have we have my point. Williams at guard, Brown at tackle. Okay, so that was and that was a better offensive game, correct? It was. Okay, Jaguars game. Uh, this would have been the first game Brown was injured. Is that right? Yes. So that was Williams at tackle, Ford guard. guard. Yep. Today, Williams at tackle, Ford at guard. Are we seeing a trend here, Nick? We are. The trend is don't, the offense don't like Cody Ford play. And, and we brought this name up last week. We brought up Tommy Doyle, right? I know he's a fifth rounder, I believe. Fifth, you know, he's, he's a, a day three draft pick. But is he worse than Daryl Williams right now? Because truthfully, Cody Ford is going to be so damn bad. Cody Ford had a false start and still missed his block today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he would. How bad would you have to be to still not be able to crack the lineup? He went to the right, and even once the ball was snapped, the guy came to the left, and Cody Ford missed the block. But at what point are you going to say, "Look, we're going to throw Tommy Doyle at tackle and move Williams back to the inside"? Because Williams is better inside, and your offense plays better with Williams inside. All four of these losses, there's something. There, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of the Titans. Okay, so three of the four losses. There's something there. That's Williams to tackle, Ford at guard. Cody Ford needs to not see the field anymore at guard in a Bills uniform. Really, how I think Zach Moss shouldn't see the field anymore as a, a Bills running back, but that's a, another topic for another day. All right. Um, Charlie, Charlie, give me a prediction. Give me a Thursday, Bill Saints Thanksgiving night prediction. <sighs> Which <laughs> it all depends on uh, which offensive line starts. No, it's probably um, going to be similar to today. Spencer Brown is almost certainly not vaccinated and will almost certainly not play Thursday. No, judging by Sean McDermott's uh, comments, 
today. He is not vaccinated. Um, I would say, I think the Bills sneak one out. I think it's a 24-21. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go very similar. I would say 27-23 Bills. It's going to be a close game. It's going to all depend which, uh, um, you know, which Josh Allen comes to play and what, what team is Brian Dable going to, you know, want his team to be? What identity is he looking for his team to be? Again, I think it's a game that Matt Breda needs to be in. He should be. Yeah. Running. This he is, this is nationally televised. The Bills, they have nowhere to hide here. You know, it's not like, you know. Matt Breda looked very good today. Not even, I don't even, you know, very good running the ball. I mean, he had five, five touches. Five touches, touches for 52 yards. Yeah, in one reception. So, give him the ball. Quit, run the ball with him ten times next week, twelve times. You got to find a way to give Josh Allen a break. And he stop. looks like their best red zone weapon right now. Matt Breida. Yeah. Isaiah McKenzie as well. Uh, Put them both on the field together. Like, like give me shotgun two running back with those two guys. Well, backfield. did you see the play that the te- the Colts ran? I felt like they ran it a little later, but they ran a like a reverse sweep. I guess you could call it that. They put um, Taylor in the backfield and they put Hines kind of in like the slot receiver position. And they rolled him in motion, and they handed the ball off to him as he was coming in motion. Similar to the play that they run with Isaiah, that the Bills run with Isaiah McKenzie, right? So, so they fooled everyone thinking they were going to hand the ball off Taylor, and gave the ball to Hines. In that situation, I think he picked up twelve yards. They ran the play twice, and he picked up a first down both times when I saw them run the play. Hmm. Do something like that with Breda and Singletary and um, um, uh, McKenzie. But if you're going, whoever you start, whoever you use back there, whoever it's Singletary, if it's freaking Moss, if it's um, um, uh, Brita, if it's Taiwan Jones, I don't care. <laughs> you got to find a way to get your running ba- your running game more involved because the carries that they're currently having is a joke. Singletary's running game is not great. Moss has not been great. Breed is the only bright spot in the running game right now, outside of what Josh Allen has been able to do. But they got to figure out who are, who do they want to be? Do you want to be a team that's going to come out and throw the ball fifty times? Fine, draw better. Stop sending guys twenty five yards downfield, and just quick slants, quick cut, whatever. I don't give it. I don't give a crap what it is. Quick hooks. You know what? What is one thing you see Travis Kelsey do well, Nick? And, and literally, and, literally okay. everything, even blocks. Okay. okay. One thing that I always <laughs> notice with Travis Kelsey, uh, like a slant, like a slant, like a post, post a curl, quick slant like, or a quick hook in the middle of the field. Yeah. You know, like, like a slant, but then stop in between the zone. Catch, right. Yep. Yes. Yeah, and but then you know, find us. Yeah. Find somewhere between although, two linebackers and you just sit. Although they tried that today with Dawson Knox and he dropped it and then he made that crazy catch on the sideline. Dawson Knox only makes hard plays. We know this. <laughs> this is true. I thought as soon as I saw it, I thought of you. I'm like, oh, Nick's Nick probably watching this. Like, Dawson Knox should have made the yeah. catch. Had it. one right at him with his, you know, with his back to the defense. Just, just all he's got to do is catch it and go down. And, just, nope. and, and then it was almost intercepted because it went right through his hands. Yep. All right, Charlie. Final, f- final thoughts. Wrap it up here. 
where do we end? You know, I mean, right, I'll, I'll tell you, listen, my final thought from today, build a dome. All right. You saw the weather affecting the play. You saw, can, oh, hold on. I cannot believe we just went 50 minutes of podcast and didn't mention the guy fumbled. He tripped over the grass and fell and fumbled. And then the Colts scored 10 points in like 13 seconds. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? That, that was like a backbreaker even before, in the first half. Uh, build a dome. Tyler Bass, his first field goal attempt, he was expecting it to hook in. Didn't get any wind. Second attempt, he goes, hmm, okay. Did you see how the wind took that second kick? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I said that. So my parents are here and I'm watching the game with my dad, and I said, oh, the wind took that for sure. And you just saw it just go. Yeah, unbelievable. Build a dome, better yet, retractable roof, but at least put just a roof, right? It's cold, it's snowy, it's gross, like two-thirds of games, today. okay? You talk about a dome. I know you're a dome guy. I'm, I like the elements. I always enjoyed the elements. I always enjoyed the snowy, negative, you know, whatever degree day for, for a build game. You know, uh, I enjoyed going to the game and having to drink my beer and then hold it over the fire to keep it from, from freezing up. Like those are always the most fun games to me. Those are the games that I tell everyone, like you got to go to a game when it's cold out. If they do build a dome, I'm fine with them wanting to do a dome, whatever, but I would like to see them almost do a, if they do a roof, I'd like to see a roof similar to what they do at Rogers center. Retractable would be great. It is more expensive. I mean, but games like today, games where it's cold, like it would probably be closed. So let me ask you this, Nick, because I know you've wrote you you definitely uh, wrote a few articles on on Channel Four's website about what's going on with the talks for the stadium. Have you heard any rumblings of a dome? Um, the New York State uh, paid for their own report to match the bills. Basically, basically, the Bills did their own report, and the state was like, "Well, we, you know, we want to see on our end too, just basically, so we have someone looking out for our interest doing the study." You know, it was fine. They did include in their study. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me here, but if you wanted to build a roof, I want to say it was another like three hundred and fifty million. And if you wanted to build a stadium with the ability to have a roof, but you just don't, didn't want to pay for the roof itself yet. It was like 200 million to build something that could someday support a roof. And then that part of the payment would come down the road. That seems like a weird option to me. Um, I want to Google this quickly before I say something. I think it was 150 million ish. Um, but so they're looking at it. My take he still is that the bills are, Bill's basically just said, here's the cheapest option. Let's just get it done. Like, you know, which is also a negotiating tactic. I'm sure they want like not the cheapest option out there. You want some nice, some nice features. Um, I'm sure their, their bargaining tactic is going to be, well, we said we would do with the cheap one. If you want something cool, you pay for it. Um, let me, let me see here. Anyway. The the latest update is I or I heard Kathy Hochul is the governor of New York. She you know the negotiations between the state, the county, and the Bills. Kathy Hochul said she wants to include the Bills Stadium in her budget that she needs to send to the state legislature 
that is due by mid January. So that was like the first, you know, hard, you know, hard in air quotes deadline I've heard of when they really want to have something basically agreed to is going to be by mid January at the latest. So we are kind of getting closer. Like the next two months, like it's going to like, we're going to hear something, I think one way or the other. And uh, it seems like they are getting, getting close. Uh, we know it's not going to be a refurbished stadium of, of Highmark, they, you know, but every party's study has said it's better to build new than, than renovate. We're pr- probably not looking in the city just based on how much stuff have to get figured out would be cool in the city. I know there's a lot of stuff to work out guys, but we got smart people figure it out. It just sounds like it's not going to happen. If I had to just guess right now, I would say it's most likely going to be, you know, what the, what the bills want, basically across the street in Orchard Park, probably going to not have a roof, probably going to be going cheap. Not that $1.4 million is cheap, but. I've heard they want to do something similar to like what Miami does with like the canopy thing. Stupid. Yeah. Okay. I saw that and, too. So if, if you're not familiar with like how a, like a European soccer stadium would look where it's the seats are, you know, covered because it rains so much in, in England, but the, like the field is open. I got to tell you, that is, that's just dumb. Being the, the bill said it had some fan feedback thing where people don't mind being cold, but they hate being wet. I'm like, okay, like, Cold is so much more prevalent of an issue than being wet. Like it, it rains, you know. Actually, like rain, what once, twice a year, maybe. Like, do you know how much colder it's going to be if you are constantly in a shadow in a cold game? Like you being cold, at least you have the sun out there to like kind of warm you up. If you're in the shadow the entire game, that's going to be so much colder. Like that is just a dumb idea. That's not what Buffalo needs. Well, I'll I'll tell you this, Nick. I into a Dolphins game where it rains, right? And 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 at the times with those Dolphins games, when it does rain, you don't stay dry because the canopy. Hmm. Now Florida rain, I get it. You know Florida rains a lot different than what you guys get in New York. But when that rain's coming down sideways, it's still getting in through the sides. So you're getting wet from the back. And then if it's coming down the other way sideways, you're still getting wet in the front. Hmm. It doesn't do anything as far as protecting you from the rain. And so it looks you, you, you're just less wet. No, I'm equally as wet. Like I'm, I'm just as wet. <laughs> so then, what is the point? The field. There's so no point. The point? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right, I do have the, the numbers here. I, I was actually a little bit higher. The New York State. Uh, stadium study said that if they wanted to build a roof, it would add about 298 million to the cost. And if they wanted to have it, the ability to add a roof later on, 109 million added. So, in a project of of 1.4 billion, 2 billion, um, I don't know that 300 million is uh, that significant. I mean, like when you say 1.4 billion, now it's one point. 7 billion for the roof. You went from 1.4 to 1.7. You get, I mean, I, I just think it's, it's, it's worthwhile. There's the bills are good right now and they can sell out other games. Now it's not always going to be this high interest and in this good of a team. It's cold and snowy and gross. And people just like, people will tolerate sitting out there. No one wants to sit out there. Like 
it's hard to sell those tickets. You can do so much more with the stadium the rest of the winter. You can have better events. Like, don't be stupid. Don't be like, we're so tough. We're Buffalo. All of our players who come from the SEC must love this weather because they play in Buffalo. Like, that's that's, that's like false well, ego. And, just and how many times do way. you say, hey, oh, the Colts aren't used to this because they play in a dome. Yeah, who was the more dominant team? Yeah, player? thank you. So who tweeted that? Uh, former podcast guest Luke Rusher tweeted that. Bad sign when when the you know, the dome teams handling the elements better than than the Bills. I don't know. Look, I, I, I'm not a dome guy. I'll be like I said, I'm not a dome guy. I enjoy the elements. I know there's yes, I I, I enjoy them. I think it's just smarter for them to have a dome. It's just gonna be a matter of what stadium are they looking to build, right? Which is and if I'm they you, I, if you do a sixty thousand seat stadium in a dome, you're wasting your money. If you do a dome, you need to go eighty thousand plus seats. I don't know you're if going to sell out games with the dome. I don't think eighty's been talked about ever. It's been in the in the sixties. So they're gonna thirteen thousand less than what they have now, right? I think it's seventy three now. Um, I don't know that to be honest with you. And I believe that puts them into like the smallest stadium in the NFL, right? I also don't know. MR capacity is 71,608. So the smallest stadium in the NFL right now is dun 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 uh, capacity Soldier Field where the Chicago Bears play seats 61,500. Hmm. Uh, the newest stadium that is the smallest is Allegiant Stadium where the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders play and that's 65,000 people, and that cost them $119 billion. I'm sorry, $1.9 billion. Hmm. So I, I guess maybe that's the way teams are going with their stadiums. I mean, even Minnesota, you know, they have a fairly new stadium. They're only 66,000 people. Um, the Colts stadium is 67,000 people. Um, I mean, MetLife's the largest with 82,000. So I guess 60,000 isn't as bad as what I thought it was. But you definitely have more than 60,000. You have to have at least 65. I feel like. But that's just my opinion as a fan. I mean, listen, retractable roof is like the ideal thing. It just costs a lot more money. No, I agree. I, I agree with you 100%. I think you figure out a way to put a roof on if that's what you really want to do. Make the stadium your long-term, you know, obviously it's going to be your long-term home. You don't have a choice. But, uh, you know, make the stadium great again. <laughs> oh, man. I don't, know, I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> um. So Nick, anything else before we before we leave our wonderful? Yes, I want to tell you, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, there you go. What a guy. Uh, what about our sponsors over there at Ethos, Nick? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Uh, happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to, to uh, Dr. Matt and Dr. Zach over at Ethos Ethos Performance Rehab, Buffalo's premier one-on-one physical therapy location. If you need training if you want to get better you want to improve you want to fix something that's been nagging you if you need to whatever it is that you need 
they will work on you one-on-one fine fine tune whatever muscle it is whatever joint it is whatever you're trying to run fast or jump higher they will work with you on the little muscles that you don't even know exist i swear they will get you under better control better body movement more explosive ethos performance rehab find them online tell them the process sent you Yes, and Nick, I need to give everyone a heads up again for those of you going down uh, to Tampa for the Bills Bucks games. Uh, my friends over at uh, the Bills Backers in Bradenton, Florida, um, they are doing the Braden. By the way, the Bradenton Bills Backers they are doing a tailgate party. Um, I'm sorry, Bills Backers in Bradenton, Florida, and then you froze on us. Tell us more about Bradenton. Oh man, I froze. Stupid internet. It's because I have too many people in my house using the internet now, Nick. The Bills Bears oh, in Florida nice. are doing a uh, a tailgate um, Sunday before or Saturday. I'm sorry, Saturday before the Bills game, December 11th, from two to six p.m. at O'Brien's Irish Pub. Seventy five dollars per person, uh, and your ticket includes a meet and greet with Fred Jackson, uh, some beer, some wine, some liquor, beef on wax sandwiches, pulled pork sandwiches, chicken sandwiches. You also get an entry for a uh, for two tickets to the Bills Bucks games, as well as a DJ live pumping out the Bill Shout song, probably on repeat for four hours. Um, but if you're interested in buying tickets, go to www.brandonbillsbackers.com and then click Bills vs. Bucks Tailgate Party. Uh, for any questions, uh, you can reach out to them on Facebook at Bills Backers of Bradenton. Uh, again, Bills Packers Bradenton tailgate party December 11th from 2 to 6 p.m. at O'Brien's Irish Pub in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, a lot of fun, these guys. I've watched a lot of games with these with these dudes back when I lived in Florida. Uh, fun, wild group. It'll be a lot like tailgating in the parking lots of the Ralph. Uh, so if you're going, I definitely suggest you look them up and go and attend their tailgate party. Other than that, uh, let's hope for a Bills bounce back on Thanksgiving so we all have the Buffalo Bills to be thankful for because um, I really don't want to get on here again and talk about another embarrassing blowout loss. I think at that point, if they lose next week, Nick, I think we're talking about uh, when Listen, you're, you're worrying about, are they going to make the playoffs if they lose next? Yeah. Week? Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah. Real cool. So if, if, if that happens, does Sean McDermott have a job at the end of the year? Oh, all right. I actually had this in my notes here. I did mean to bring it up. Sean McDermott is not going to be on the hot seat, okay? Okay. And even 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 if you get frustrated with him, then you have to ask yourself, do I want Terry Pergula leading another coaching search? And the answer is no. So please don't put Sean McDermott on the hot seat. Which, by the way, if anyone's kind of curious on how that Sean McDermott coaching search went down, uh, go back to Ty Dunn's first pocket episode he did with Doug Whaley. Um I thought it was fairly interesting how they ended up settling on Doug or how they ended up settling on Sean McDermott. Uh, and their main coaching candidate that they were most interested in was Jim Tressel. Thought that was interesting. Go look him up. Uh, the Go Long podcast with Ty Dunn. It was always a lot of fun. Uh, but, Nick, that's all I got. I will let the people go before I keep rambling because I just – I'm, I'm so upset that I could talk all day about this game, and I feel like I need therapy after watching this Bills game today. But this is uh, what the this is the real reason probably the the process exists, isn't it? 
it, it's more so that I could have yeah. my mm. yeah yeah, yeah okay. Domain hosting therapy. is just cheaper than therapy. I got it. That's right. That's right. My insurance <laughs> doesn't have to worry about paying for this, so it's all good. They like it too. Um, but Nick, uh, everyone can find you on Twitter at what? At Nick Veronica. And on Facebook at what? Facebook.com slash by Nick Veronica. Thanks for the plug, Charlie. There you go. Uh, and look for Nick's articles on WIVB.com. I'll give you a shout out there because I do read your articles. Frequent article reader. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chowit68. Find the process on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Uh, you can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I think last week I said Google. We're not on Google Google Podcasts right now. But hey, look us up on Spotify. Give us a like, a follow, subscribe. And remember to rate our beautiful podcast that we do here. And most importantly, folks, remember to always trust the process.